0: Whoa, All right, you're going to have to bear with me, I've got to keep my uh, voice down apparently, I think I might have screwed up my microphone here, it's been a while, Uh, so hi, welcome back, thanks for coming back, I'm going to again try not to get too excited because apparently my mic really likes to spike right now, I don't know what happened to it, probably got thrashed around in all the travel for work recently, but here we go, hopefully it's, it's manageable. So, I might as well start with just giving a little update. Um, it's obviously been, <laughs> I think I checked my podcast feed. I think the last episode I released was sometime in the middle of September. Uh, so, I apologize. It's just been really busy. I've been taking on a different role at the company that I work for. Uh, no complaints there at all. It's just that, you know, it's a, a bit more, uh, it's a bit added responsibility, a bit more work that I have to do. And it's just consumed a lot of my time. We had a, a pretty big project that was going on. It lasted about three months. And uh, my role on that was foreman. So it, it just it ate up a lot of time. We were working anywhere between 11 to 13 hour days. And it, uh, it didn't leave me much time or motivation to get anything recorded in the evenings, especially working uh, 16 days on and then five days off. And those five days off, uh, I just pretty much rested and hung out with the family. So priorities kind of took over there. Uh, I've also had, you know, my, my grandfather passed recently, and so that kind of really uh, kicked my motivation in the beats, so that uh, that was a big part of it as well. That's something that I'm going to come back to around at the, the end of this episode. Uh, just a few thoughts on that, and I don't know, it's been on my mind, right? <laughs> I started this thing as a way to keep sane through uh, the beginning of the lockdown, and you know, I still probably use it to keep sane a little bit, so I might as well talk about that later on. But uh, anyway, thanks guys for coming back. I'm gonna try to get back into the swing of this again. We will have a few more slower months here, nothing too crazy, it seems to pick up again right away, and next year is supposed to be busier, so if any of you are looking for work and you're a tradesperson, come out to Alberta, contact me, and I'm sure I can get you work. Um, so this week I've actually got, I have a clip that I had saved to my computer from quite a while ago. I haven't listened to it in a bit, but you know what? We're going to play it, and I'm sure that I had an episode planned out around this. I'm sure that it's going to make sense somehow, or I can at least just kind of spitball off of it. So here we go.
1: Whatever. What I find laughable is that the Canadian government seems to be under the impression that people that are affected by the housing crisis, meaning they can't afford a home, can't save for a down payment, and likely spend more than half of their take-on-pay-on rent, are somehow diligently contributing to their registered accounts. So adding one more will be helpful. Never mind that they have zero money in the other two. I'm 36. I know so many people that have no money whatsoever in their retirement accounts. None. Zero. No one's doing it. I mean, some people are, but a lot of people aren't. This will benefit wealthy people who can put $40,000 away for their kid when they're 18, 19, 20 years old, so it will grow, so by the time they're 35, maybe it's worth $100,000, that'll be helpful to them, but I want to know what the Canadian government is doing about the wave of people that are going to be too old to work, that have no assets or retirement savings to speak of, because it's coming, whether you like it or not, it's coming, so you better figure out what you're going to do about it now. Because not only will this be happening, but all those people are going to be living for a very long time—30 plus years—of people with no assets or retirement accounts. I might be one of them. What am I supposed to do? I have absolutely no idea. But you—you you better get to work and start figuring it out. you Hmm. Know?
0: Well, uh, yikes. <laughs> that was—that was a. That was, uh... That was actually unironically shared, I think, by three or four different people on my Facebook feed, which as soon as... You, it, it's funny, like this is kind of unrelated, but on various social media platforms, I think I have, you know, there's probably anywhere between five and ten people who, they basically have 180 degrees opposite uh, political view, social view, like every view of mine. But, you know, I have no intention of deleting people or, I don't know, not engaging in discussions or at least kind of learning different viewpoints. Because to me, I don't know, it also helps you form your argument better against it, right? So to me, it's just funny. Like I I keep them around. I don't (laughs) spend a lot of time like looking at their timelines or anything like that. But every once in a while, like I'll just kind of check like, all right, what's the current zeitgeist? Like what's the talking point right now? Because I could check any of their profiles, you know, And of like the 10 of them, probably six of them will be having the same talking point going right now. So it's kind of, it's kind of funny, just for me to gauge kind of what's going on and what what the hot topic of discussion is. So anyway, this one got shared by three of them. So I was like, Oh, wow, like this is obviously, obviously a hot button topic. And this was from obviously months ago now, like this is when I was actually doing the podcast and paying attention to it. And trying to cultivate content, whereas now I'm just sleeping and reading and trying to relax. But I haven't, here's one thing, I haven't stopped going to the gym. So that's kind of the key to me staying sane. If I didn't do that, I would go bananas. So I've been been keeping up with that at least six days a week while I'm on the road. And even when I'm at home now, it's at least four out of, five, out of my five days. I'm in the morning and, and out there. So that's been that's been good. That's been positive. And uh, again, it helps me relieve stress from work and from everything else. So Anyway, we'll kind of dive into the meat of this episode, I guess. I guess it's going to be on, well, I mean, this one to me seems like, I don't know, it's kind of like just that Peter Pan syndrome, like trapped in childhood. Like that's kind of the the big feeling that I got out of it. Like this idea of dependency and and just not, you know, always looking for somebody else to kind of do the heavy lifting for you. Like that's that's kind of how that clip ends is talking about how um, you know, like, you better be ready for it, like, you need to get ready for it, talking to the government, like, they need to be ready to support me, and then this idea that everybody's like me, we're all going to need support, nobody's taking care of themselves, and um, it's frustrating, I mean, I think if you've listened to this long enough, or maybe it's been a long time, and <laughs> I know it has been for me, but the idea that, and um, that there's this idea of dependency, it really drives me crazy, it's, it's not because I don't have compassion, like, I think that's one thing, also in this last few months, I've been kind of looking at just, I think I even talked about it in the last couple of episodes before I, I kind of um, didn't mean to, but ended up taking a break, is that I was kind of looking at just changing the direction, or at least the tone of this podcast a little bit, I was trying not to, I don't know, not to attack viewpoints, I guess, like, I, I guess I fall into that, And it's been kind of helpful, actually, because this is another thing in look, sorry, I'm going to go off on tangents today. This one's a bit of a mess. I'm trying to get back into the swing of things. But since moving, like since moving from BC to Alberta, I found one thing. I'm not like upset really anymore. Like, and it's a weird feeling, because what before like I had ample fuel for this podcast, like that was, that was kind of one of my outlets. Again, like I talked about it in some of my earlier episodes was that I used to be going to drop in hockey, to men's league, beer league, and I would be able to work my aggression out, just work that excess energy off, and go do something. Well, when those got closed down, and then the gyms got closed down, and you know it, it started getting a lot trickier. I I just feel things building up, and so the way that I got rid of it in like a healthy-ish way was to come and talk on here. And since moving to Alberta and just changing my surroundings and getting out of, out of British Columbia, I just haven't been as frustrated. <laughs> like it's been, it's been weird. It's been, I think, great for me personally, but for the podcast, it's been an absolute detriment. Like I just don't get fired up. I'll be, I'll be reading stuff. And although, uh, today and yeah, that's probably why I'm on here today is that anyway, this is a totally different topic, but the, uh, federal government, government basically, added a bunch of amendments to a firearms bill that they're trying to do. It ends up banning and basically making paper criminals out of a lot of previously law-abiding firearms owners who now part of their property has now just been deemed illegal and it's not they aren't allowed to have it. It needs to be turned in for destruction. So I'm not going to get into specifics because this is a public podcast, but if you know my position and know... Kind of where I stand on this topic, it uh, you know it's hitting pretty close to home, so uh, it's got me a little bit fired up today. Uh, that happened at the end of the workday, and I think kind of as soon as I was driving home from the shop, I realized ah, I'm probably going to have to record a podcast tonight. I'm feeling pretty pretty amped up here, and I'd already gone to the gym this morning, so I'm not doing that a second time today. I'm uh, I'm going to record a podcast instead. So anyway, we're going to go back to the whole topic today, which is, I guess, it's going to be growing out of childhood and like man children which again a pet peeve but i'm trying to come at it from not necessarily attacking it i'll leave that to you matt on the fumbled penis podcast you're good at that. so this guy in the clip he's obviously to me anyway he's never gotten out of that childhood mentality of dependence you know like kids are dependent they're dependent financially emotionally They need guidance through life and to be taught how to navigate through life and make decisions. Like that's, you know, as a parent, I think that's pretty apparent. That was horrible. That was really bad. That's obviously a dad joke. But anyway, it's just this, like, you know, with kids, you've got to teach them stuff. You've got to kind of hold their hands through things. And as they get older, you gradually release that that grasp a little bit. And you let them taste a bit more freedom as they start to show competencies, start to adopt responsibilities like I mean even right now as a parent like my my 11 year old you know it's it's a struggle like he's getting to that age where he's starting to get attitude and starting to kind of develop into himself and he's also really starting to push boundaries and trying to kind of find his way it feels like and it's you know it's tough because I mean again like I remember being a kid and going through mood swings and and just all of that stuff, but now going through it on the the other side of that equation as a parent, like I got. I mean, my dad had how many kids? Nine kids, ten kids, and I don't know how he did it so many times because um, this is exhausting, <laughs> and I'm not even dealing with the brunt of it. Like I'm up here right now, six hours from home, and my wife is dealing with it day in and day out, and you know I'm trying to relay and help as much as I can from the road, but but it's exhausting. So. That's, uh, but anyway, like the the idea is that eventually they grow out of that, right? Like that that they aren't dependent on you for every little thing. Like, and I think, and this is actually one idea of a podcast that I'm having right now spur of the moment, but I'd really like to get my dad on here one day because, you know, like going through now being a father, going through parenthood, like, I just think that would be an interesting discussion to, to be able to kind of see both, both sides of that coin now, now that I'm raising kids, but you know, if I were to ask him one thing I think that he's proud of in raising me, I have a feeling that one of those would be the fact that I I am independent. Like, I can stand on my own two feet. He doesn't have to worry about me day in and day out anymore. And that, you know, he can see that I'm competent. Like, I'm able to lead my own life. Like, again, that was a, that was a huge task in moving provinces and moving our family away from, you know, all of our extended family and kind of setting out on our own. Like, it was a decision that I felt and my wife felt we needed to make. And we did it but it was uh, you know it was a, a step it was it was tough it wasn't easy it still isn't easy but I think that if I were to ask him one thing that he's proud of or that he's maybe he even almost feels like a sense of pride in himself for is instilling that that idea of, of independence so anyway back to this and kids right so in teaching them how to navigate through life and make those decisions like those decisions, and even nowadays, like, they're all little and never ending judgments, you know, like, do I take this direction or that? Do I go to this school or that one? Do I take this career path or that one? Like, every single time, it's a, a judgment between two or more different paths. But, you know, you've got to kind of develop that ability. And I think that's, again, where you're looking for guidance, you're looking for your parent. you're looking for somebody who can can kind of teach you how to not necessarily what decision to make, but how to make those decisions. And to me, that's like the biggest thing. I mean, even in my my line of work with apprentices, like that's one of the things that I like to try to instill. I don't like to tell people how to do it. Like I like to you know like I'll have an idea of how the job should be done obviously like that's that's my position but I'm not gonna I usually don't try to say like no do it this way this is the way to do it I'll ask them be like you know this is the end goal that we're looking for like how do you think we could get there or you know do you have any ideas for for how to get this job done and I mean even today for example we were uh, I was having one of the guys mount these floodlights on the side of the building and we obviously knew kind of where they had to go roughly um, I mean there's there's strict rules on the wiring and how you have to get it done. But as far as aesthetically and the routing and kind of how you want to build the supports, that's, you know, that's kind of up to interpretation. Like that's, that's all built to the application. So when I was talking to my apprentice, like I wasn't saying, no, this is exactly what I want built. This is how it's done. You know, you go up and you say, you know, like, how would you do this? Or how do you think this will work for you? You're going to be the one up there. Like, uh, how can I help you? But what, what do you need to get this done? And what are your ideas? And then, you know, they bounce their ideas back. You bounce a little bit of yours and you come to this mutual understanding. But, you know, at, at some point, like when you're working with a first year apprentice, so I could equate this to like, uh, they obviously aren't children. I'm not saying if any of my apprentices are listening, I'm not saying you're kids. But, you know, when kids are younger or they're more inexperienced, like you have to do a lot of that guiding, a lot of that decision-making. You tell them step A through Through D, whatever, all the steps involved, you tell them every single step how to do it. But then, as they grow more competent and they're able to, you know, make those judgments, make those calls, make those decisions, then you start to kind of take your hands out of the application a little bit. It's also, it doesn't just make it easier for me. Like, actually, sometimes it makes it harder, especially when you're first kind of letting people make their own decisions. That's really hard to take your hands off. But as they get better and more proficient with it, it becomes easier on me. Now, I'm not having to be as hands-in, but it's also easier for them. They're starting to develop confidence. They're starting to gain the sense of autonomy. They're starting to develop their skills, develop that independence. And to me, again, that's why I'm trying, kind of going back to the old original format of this. And this is totally, I didn't mean to, but in kind of relating it to parenthood and work, like with apprentices, but... To me, like that's that's how any any functional like guiding almost a parental like a teacher whatever you know what I'm talking about. However, one of these relationships goes, you eventually want to take your hands off and you want to see them flourish and develop on their own. Well, again, like in listening to this this clip, and I, I don't think this guy's alone. Obviously, again with it being shared that many times just on my feed, and it's got thousands of likes and shares on whatever application it was on there like it's I don't know this this mentality is pervasive and I mean you can see it in a lot of different aspects of life right like the way that this kind of mutates and and evolves into is it you develop this sense of dependency right and to me like I don't know again like what I had talked about with the decisions that we had made like moving to Alberta or just moving away in general it's like you start to walk on your own two feet you kind of you have to build a life for yourself. And if you're never given that chance or you never take on that responsibility, you're left in this state of dependency and you're never really going to be, you know, free or able to do everything you want if you're always dependent on somebody. Like, I don't plan to be worrying about my retirement and what the government is going to be doing for, you know, my pension. Like, that's, that's not my plan. My plan isn't to be isn't to be worried about that my plan is to be at the point where I've built up enough for myself and I've taken care of myself my family my kids my wife and we're kind of able to do our own thing I'm not I'm not worrying about whatever little ration the government is cutting out to seniors and I'm not saying that it's fair either it's it's pretty pathetic actually in Canada we play, pay into CPP and it's it's pretty disgusting how little you know our our older population gets the seniors. And anyway, but that's, that's a totally different story. But my, my point here, and I think that you know, that is that I don't want to have to be dependent on that meager little handout that the government is going to give me in old age, right? And this is also, you know, I mean, this can be extrapolated into a way bigger idea, which would be, you know, (laughs) uh, I don't even think this is like, I don't even think this comes across as conspiratorial anymore. But, you know, like CBDCs, so central bank digital currencies, it's, Pretty hot topic right now, at least maybe in the circles that I follow, but uh, you know it's gaining more traction, especially in the middle of this kind of economic slowdown slash crash slash you know discussion between hard landing, soft landing. It's going to be a hard landing, I'm pretty sure. But um, but again, like we're prepping for that, we're we're doing whatever we can. We're kind of scraping everything together right now, and it's you know that's that's kind of the focus and. That, again, comes with (laughs) trying to be independent, um, trying to, or again, adopting that responsibility because, and I'll talk about this after too, but there's like that level of responsibility that you have to take on getting married and having kids. I mean, like that's the only thing that gave me a a shot in hell at getting to the stage where I am now. But anyway, I'm gonna save that for the end of the episode. So, so, but getting back to that like gradual kind of sense of freedom or independence or you know, just autonomy, uh, adopting responsibility, like, I, for one, when I was, like, 16, I remember yearning for, it. like, I remember with my, my driver's license, I mean, I think I ended up getting it one week after my 16th birthday. And that's only because I failed it on the day of <laughs> day of my 16th birthday, and I had to wait one week to rewrite the exam. But that was something that like, I wanted immediately, I- immediately, like it was, it was just uh, that, that kind of desire to get out go on my own to start to build a life and I know like it's you know at 16 you're you no, you're nowhere near ready for it and but it's still that desire to get out and go do something to start building something for yourself and I don't know I mean I, I don't know if people still have that that same draw to it I know that even in my my younger sibling who was god how much younger than she is me uh 12 years and there is a massive difference right like uh, she had no interest in getting her license right away like there's no interest in leaving the nest I mean even now at 20 21 I guess like I you know still lives at home doesn't seem to have any plan for it and you know I mean whatever like that's it's different but to me to me and to my my friends everybody I knew was like no we got to get out we got to get going same with my wife same way like we got to get out we got to get going like start building on our own like we wanted that sense of freedom we wanted that independence and I don't know where that's going or what's changed but I mean even the guy in that clip he was 36 so he's three years older than me so I can't imagine that things were much different when he was 16 as they are for me but I would also venture a guess that he's probably not a parent um maybe not married either, because I don't know, I don't know, I seem, But then again, like this was shared by parents and married people on my friends list. So uh, that could be entirely wrong on my end. But, um, but this guy, like, again, like, there's no way that he can have a sense of freedom, because dependency will never equal freedom. Like if you're dependent upon the government for a handout for money for whatever the case may be, like you don't have a sense of freedom. And I'm, I'm not saying that there aren't other factors that are maybe contributing to why you're in that situation. You know, maybe it's a temporary thing. But if you're looking down the road, you know, if if, if I'm 36 and I'm looking at me at, let's just say 66, I'm looking at 30 years in the in, in the future or, you know, equal equal amount, 36 more years in the future. And if I'm already planning that, hey, I'm going to be dependent on you, like this guy's got no sense of dependence as it is. Like there's no... There's no spine. There's no freedom. There's no autonomy. Like he's in this for the long haul, and he expects the government to pick him up and to carry him into old age, right? Like, and to me, that is a completely alien and foreign idea to me. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know why anybody would want that. And sorry, looping back to that CBDCs. I get I get off track real easy right now. Um, like I think that even. I think even Van City, one of the Canadian banks here, Canadian credit unions, uh, they were talking about having one that was linked to what your CO2 emissions were based on what you were buying. So again, like that's, you know, this shit that was talked about as conspiracy, like, I don't know, two years ago, 18 months ago, hell, nine months ago. um, It's all coming around pretty quick when you're starting to get a, a carbon score or a, you know, a CO2 score based on, what you're buying and selling. And then if that can all be controlled and they want to change your um, your spending habits or what you're allowed to buy because you've gone over your CO2 limit for the month or the week or whatever it is, like, like, again, I'm not going down this rabbit hole. This is a whole nother topic, but just push back on stuff like that. Like, um, you know, I'm trying to use cash more, just, just basic stuff, right? Like just show that the utility is still there we we can't give up that little bit of autonomy again it's just it's in little things like that it, this isn't just just related to money but in this you know in his clip that's what he's relating to but it doesn't just relate to money it relates to everything it relates to to you again just being being able to have the fortitude to stand on your own two feet and to to kind of stand your ground right like that's that's what it is but it takes somebody who's actually willing To stand by that, who's capable of doing that, and that takes a lot of practice. It's not something that you just happen to fall into one day. It's baby steps. It's you know making a making a schedule and sticking to it. Going to the gym, being disciplined about that, Um, working hard at work, like actually putting effort in. Maybe you want to you want to make it up to that next rung. You want to move up in the company. You want to do something like that. But it's setting a goal and it's sticking to it because again. Once you start knocking things down, you start getting more and more responsibility handed to you and you're able to go farther. Like now all of a sudden, you're building yourself up, right? So just don't lose sight of that. Like it, this isn't just a money thing. This isn't just one, it, this isn't just a, a single faceted approach to life. Like this goes into everything. And again, like this is another, actually, sorry, another tangent. This episode, I thought it was going to be really short. I didn't think I'd have it in me, but um, Another tangent, and this one's been really difficult, is it, it's like when I, when I first started this podcast, it was, the idea was to highlight uh tradespeople and every day, just stories and, you know, uh, how people get through the day, meanings, like, that's the kind of stuff that I'm interested in. Then it kind of evolved into uh, a lot of COVID talk, because how could it not? Like, that, that is what my life was, especially in Canada, and especially how long it went on. And I mean, hell, it it pushed us out of our our home province. So, but now trying to switch gears again, (laughs) it's difficult um, because I think, I don't think that I became a better person through COVID. In in fact, if anything, I think I I probably became more calloused. I probably became uh, less understanding. And I basically, it basically turned around a lot of what I was kind of wanting to use this podcast for is to open up and um, to try to understand a lot more people's point of views. And then I don't know, somewhere along the line that got lost. And uh, I don't think it's coming back (laughs) from my end. Like I was actually joking with a friend the other day, um, saying that, you know, because before I was was just like, and I still I read a ton, but it's it was just like trying to understand all these different ideas and different ways people view the world. And uh, different mentalities and seeing what the good is in each of them, and then over the past like 18 months, it's just like, no, I can zero in on a few things that do not work. Um, I'm pretty sure of that now, and I can zero in on a few that that do seem to work. And so, in the one sense, again, like it's it's closed me off a little bit to some things, but and again, I don't I don't necessarily view that as a good thing, but I but I also think there's utility in that as well. So it's kind of focusing, right? It, it makes it easier to kind of. I don't know, forge your path through life when you actually have a, a bit of a direction you're headed to. Um, but at the same time, like, it's still trying to sw- switch gears out of this COVID shit, because it's tiring, it's exhausting. And quite frankly, it it shouldn't be talked about anymore either. But, but this is where like, I really got to kind of test the metal, I guess, of the these ideas of independence and, and of being able to stand your ground. And, and I think from that aspect, I've, I think I've grown a lot. Again, I don't think that my, my viewpoint has widened at all. I think it's narrowed a lot. I think I've become a lot more calloused. Uh, probably, I don't know, a lot, a bit, uh, a bit less. I don't know. I, I, I don't think <laughs> it's funny. I was going to talk about this. I had a post written up and everything, and then I kind of decided against it. But when, when, uh, what was that one paper? The one that was just ruthless throughout the pandemic to anybody who was unvaccinated. Anyway, I, The Atlantic, I think it was. But they wrote an article basically calling for a COVID amnesty that uh, we all said and did things throughout the pandemic that we didn't mean or we were uh, misdirected about or whatever the case may be. It was it was stupid. I read it once and laughed. And uh, but, but then uh, I was thinking I'm like, no, nah, I, I think that I meant literally every single thing um, that I said through it and I kind of stood by it and, you know, it's gotten me to where I am today, which again, isn't necessarily a better place, but it's kind of tested the metal of a lot of this. And for that aspect, I think I'm, I'm pretty happy. And so that's why I wanted to kind of come back to the podcast with this as a discussion point, but it's, um, uh, yeah, I am trying to switch gears out of the COVID stuff because I think that's, um, it's really frustrating. And that isn't how I want to kind of corner my podcast is that it's about that. I've had a lot of people at work say, Oh, yeah, you you know, a lot of good takes on the COVID stuff. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not a COVID podcast. And so it's gonna be the last time I say that word um, for the next while, at least. So anyway, uh, going back to the topic again. uh, So we're talking about, you know, CBDCs and how that will create a generally dependent population upon approval, right? Whether it be, um, well it would be government approval right if they can turn off what you can spend and they they got to influence your spending habits and you know like again that that's all part of this same mentality of pushing back and and being independent being autonomous and being able to again stand on your own two feet so that's kind of just where you can kind of see it going in the future but th- this kind of mentality in this in this clip is 100% focused on that like if you're if you're realizing and basically you know, ready to be dependent on the government for the rest of your life or into your retirement or into whatever, or this isn't just the government either, you can be dependent on anybody. If you're dependent on somebody else, if for their, their charity, for whatever the case may be, like, you're not functioning as like, a a fully capable adult, like you're not going through life autonomously, or um, independently with a sense of freedom, like it's just, it's not there, It, it can't be right. So, this was one quote um, that I found was pretty interesting, and I think it, it relates to this really well. Uh, if you don't choose your values, your default values will likely be acceptance and avoiding discomfort, the epitome of a herd member. I saw that on Twitter. I don't know who, who wrote it, but I saw it on Twitter. And so that that's even talking about how, again, when we were talking about instilling in kids or apprentices the ability to make decisions to to judge situations for themselves, like there's also a consequence to inaction or for a, a failure to make a decision, right? So if you just stay still, you're never actually staying still, right? You're, you're still kind of me moving back or moving forward through life. And there's consequence to that too. So don't think that, you know, you can just kind of sit on the sidelines all the time. And that that's actually going back to things that I learned about myself. I think I sat on the sidelines uh, a little bit too much again, like I think there are, are two sides to everything, to just about everything. Um, but I I don't know, like it, listening back to a couple of different clips, I it drove me a little bit nuts. So I think I'm gonna try to avoid that a little bit more in the future to try to actually have a, a rationed stance to make sense of it and to at least kind of pick a side, one, one that you know I agree with a little bit more. Um, but anyway, so now I'm gonna transition to, I, I talked about it earlier, but with my grandpa passing and again, like, you know, he, he had, he was hugely inf- influential in my life, uh, him and my grandma, my grandma passed away a few years before him. And, uh, you know, it was tough. Uh, when my grandma passed, it was tough on the whole family. It, she was really like, it, it really kind of exposed when she passed that she was the glue that held together our extended family, cousins and aunts and uncles and everybody like she was the glue. And so it made it tough, right? And my grandpa, obviously, they'd been together for forever um, for 60 plus years and for him to lose his you know his best friend his his life partner like his wife um, it it was brutal and you know he he, it it took him quite a while it took him a couple years just to even kind of come back around to really where you'd really see a genuine smile on his face you know he'd he'd see his great-grandkids and he was all about his his grandkids and his great-grandkids and you know he between him and my grandma like they they raised me and my sisters for a lot of a lot of our, uh, our childhood, you know, they were like a second set of parents to me. And they really showed me, you know, I've talked about it before, I don't have to go into it again, but how my parents, you know, split up when I was younger. And it, I had really affected my kind of view on relationships and marriage and, and anything like that for a long time, right. And, you know, my grandparents were that the only anchor that really proved to me that, you know, like, true love can exist, you know, it, you know, maybe there's no you know, you're meant for each other, but if you work at it, you know, it's worthwhile. You can build something that's rock solid and that, that has, you know, the relationship, the other person means more to you than life itself. And I I saw that, I saw that as my, when my grandma passed and my grandpa was still here, like I, I saw that, I heard that from him, he talked about that. And so anyway, so again, one of these same five to 10 um, nitwits who are on my social media feeds, like this was one of the posts uh, that one of them shared. So it's again, it's a tweet. It says, uh, marriages, quote, lasted longer back in the day because women were socialized into accepting subjugation, subservience, weakness, financial dependence, and abuse as a way of life. Long lasting marriages weren't a sign of happiness, but they were a symbol of helplessness. And so, (laughs) again, (laughs) And you gotta, you gotta kind of put your mind in my mindset. But I saw this literally, I think, uh, three days after my grandpa had passed. And so, like, I was thinking back on on everything, like, I'm thinking back on how he was when my grandma died, like the the bond that they had, the relationship that they had, how much work they put into it, how much they loved each other, and just I I looked at this and I just, I mean, <laughs> at the moment I was I was enraged, like it it drove me crazy because to me, it's again, it's like, it's just this, it's just this, this seemingly like the societal attempt to destroy any meaning, anything that could hold meaning that that is like tangible, it's, it's something that, you know, like, so you you're actually locked into something, you're not just going to go floating with any social fancy, right? Like, and to me, that's what something like that is, like a rock solid relationship, or a family, being a parent, like those kind of things are foundational parts of being a human, being a, an adult, like that, that gives your life meaning and something deeper than, you know, whatever, like being happy, like people who just search for happiness, like, give me a break, that's the most hollow and, and stupid goal you could have in life is being happy. But anyway, and that's coming from somebody who's generally like, I'm very content. Like I have a ton of meaning. I, I'm not unhappy. I'm just saying that if you don't look for something, like, why am I qualifying this? Like, you, you know what I'm talking about? It's like a, that hollow happiness. Like, ah, oh, you know, I can go on a boat or I can go on a plane. It's like, yeah, sure. Like the, that's going to get boring. Like, well, maybe not. I don't know. I haven't had a life full of plane rides and yacht rides, but anyway, I'm pretty, I'm content. Like I have meaning. And I, I've, I've talked about that a lot in the past. And that's one of the, again, the original founding principles of this podcast is to talk, be, talk to people about their meaning in life. But it, it was just, it struck me that this idea that there is no such thing as a long and happy relationship, because, because, you know, there were some relationships in the past that were bad. It's like, it's just, it is insane to me. It's not denying that that kind of thing didn't happen. But it's this fact that, that people want to try to minimize any kind of sense of meaning nowadays. And again, like I had talked about before and that I said that I was going to get back to now, like for me to mature into an adult, like it took my wife. It took finding somebody who who actually gave me a reason to be better. You know, maybe that's immature. Like maybe, you know, maybe I, I don't know. I don't know where I would be right now if I hadn't met her seven years ago. I, I have no idea, but I can tell you that when I met her, it set my life on a completely different course, it totally realigned everything. And then again, having kids like that just solidified it. Now I have, you know, like, that's building a solid foundation around around our relationship. And, and it almost, you know, it grew it bigger. It's, it's, you know, it's, again, it's allowed me to now, or it's allowed us to actually make this trip out to Alberta for us to set off on our own, because we have our own thing. Now we aren't, floating around like being dependent on anybody else it's like no we are a functioning unit like we are an independent family and we can go go about through life that way and it's i don't know it's amazing but to me when i see stuff like that like just just the idea that just just destroy any kind of sense of meaning like that and say that it does not exist it was just merely a um like a consequence of uh, some oppressive patriarchy is in—it's <laughs> insane to me. Uh, it's baffling. But anyway, I'm—I'm uh, going to cut that off now because again, I'm actually going a lot longer than I would have thought, and uh, I'm not going to edit this one because, well, I'm—if I edit it and I listen back to it, I'm going to hear too many mistakes that I feel like I probably didn't make before. But it's my first one back in the saddle again, so uh, I hope you enjoy it. I plan on coming back a lot more frequently now. Um, again, it's just yeah we'll see how my how my schedule permits i'm not going to make any promises this time because i've made too many about coming back and recently and then uh then i just disappear for a few months so anyway though i have uh one of the people that i did see speak recently who's kind of i influenced a lot of my thinking uh in regards to especially this energy crisis is alex epstein um i also it's funny because they also brought him up actually in the lex friedman talk with uh Oh, what, what is his name? Oh, this is going to drive me absolutely insane. He's uh, Bjorn Lomborg. Sorry, I heard the, uh, the episode on Lex Friedman's podcast with Bjorn Lomborg and Andrew Revkin. But anyway, um, yeah, in seeing Alex Epstein speak, uh, he's the author of The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels and Fossil Future is his newest one, which I'm in the middle of reading right now. Uh, I've already read his first book. But uh, anyway, like it's just, it's amazing, right? So, I'm anyway, that's probably going to influence a little bit of my thinking here moving forward, at least as I kind of trying to digest these ideas. But it's uh, anyway, I'm I, I am going to try to come back a lot sooner, not take that long of a break off. But uh, it's going to be a little bit hit and miss here as we fire up a few more projects in the new year. But I'm going to try to get a little bit more done here. And uh, again, I really appreciate you guys coming back. And um, again, let me know any feedback on this because. I'm back, uh, or I'm hoping to be back, but be nice. (laughs) Anyway, have a great one, and I'll talk to you all again soon. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I hope you found some value in this week's episode. If you did and are interested in more content like this, please rate, review, subscribe, and recommend the podcast to a friend. I really appreciate all the feedback you've given me to this point and look forward to hearing you again. As always, the podcast page is The Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Facebook, at Jacket Plaid on Twitter, at Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Instagram. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for the continued support and especially to those of you who reach out weekly with comments on each episode. Have a great week and I'll talk to you all again soon.